With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Frank Benali. This is Klaus Lundekvam. I'm Matt Letizia. And you're listening to In That Number. Here is Letizia and he's done it! Lambert! There's the reply! Barry of the Haas! History made! It's James Beattie. Oh, Belter! But they put a Thanks for checking out In That Number with me, Kevin, the Moscow Mush Milverton, and Ray Hunt. Find me on Twitter at Moscow Mush and my co-host Ray Hunt at RayHunt84. Follow the show at Number Podcasts on Twitter, in that Number Podcasts on Instagram and Facebook. If you've got any questions for the show, if you can be bothered, send us an email to inthatnumberpodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever it is you get your podcasts. Share, subscribe and give us good vibes. Let's go. Welcome back to another episode of In That Number, episode 112. What are we going with, Kev? Apocalypse. No. <laughs> I like it. It's good. Kev, it's that time of week again. We have to discuss another loss, <laughs> this time to Everton. But, but, after the loss, we came up with the goods against Sheffield United on Saturday. And finally, a win to end that poor, poor run. Uh, it needed to happen, and it did. With me, as always, is the Moscow Mush, Kevin Milverton. So let me bring in my co-host, my positive co-host kevin the moscow mush milverton how are you mate i'm all right yes that is the... good to hear because you had your vaccine in the week didn't you yeah i got the first dose of um, of the vaccine and it did hit me for six my god but i guess that shows that i had a good immune reaction um 
I can't remember having the flu jab before, but I imagine it's the same thing. You get you get sort of a temperature, headache, aches and pains like you would with the flu, but none of the sort of outward symptoms like coughing, sniffles, or throat, that sort of thing. But for yeah, about 24 hours. Wow. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this now. Thanks, Kev. Um, Got the sweats in my sleep and everything, but um, oh, I don't Jesus. know. I mean, it varies from person to person. I mean, Maria, she was fine. She was not doing all the fucking fussing about certainly does um you're feeling better now right oh yeah no right yeah and uh at least uh, i'm prepared for the next dose in a couple of weeks that's right three weeks wow um, russia got I'm their not, shit together mate <laughs> i'm quite annoyed about that 12 week thing that's, that's, that's a bit silly in my opinion but there you go um yep. i i did want to because i had a really weird dream and it might have been one of my um uh fever dreams but um, <laughs> I don't know what it started off with. But um, Matt Latiz, he was giving a lecture on managing financial markets. I, I don't know if he's an expert in uh, <laughs> finance and investment, but yeah, apparently. And um, I, I was completely unprepared, like you're on some of your dreams. Um, and Matt was like, that's fine. Look, you can download this textbook off of my smartphone. And um, he, he let me do that. I said, oh, cheers, Matt, and went to sit down, opened up my little box with all my papers and notes in it, and uh, it was with yogurt and all sort of some sort of weird packed lunch from my college days that had obviously um, started a life of its own. So yeah, read into that what you will. Yeah, that's that's an odd one, Kev. Yeah, fever dreams, I think. So hard like, to do. Right, Kev, should we go into the ITN news? Yes. This is ITN in that number news. Okay then, Kevin. Uh, ITN news. We'll start off with uh, Kane Ramsey has signed a new deal, a two-year extension. Maybe we should consider playing him now. Then I guess. <laughs> Apparently not. No, no. Um, well, we don't need him now because Carl Walker Peters is back. So yeah, all is, all is well again. Uh, Nathan Redmond changing nationalities in a bid to play in the 2022 World Cup. Uh, he's in the process of acquiring a Jamaican passport. I'm sure there's a gag in there somewhere. Do you want to kiss my egg? <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. not kissing no egg. Um, but yeah, they're, they're going for quite a coup, aren't they? They've got um, a lot of players on their radar. Um, Damari Gray, Isaac Hayden, Mason Holgate. Uh, yeah, loads of them. Good luck to him. Yeah, fair play. I, I, I'm all up for uh, Redmond playing for... Um, why is it going to take in Jamaica? <laughs> um, yeah, as long as he stays away from the England side, I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a great chance to play in the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, Fairfax, go for it, mate. Go for it. Yes. Um, and while we're on internationals, Kev, um, did you hear Ralph's press conference about not allowing players to leave for international duty due to the current quarantine rules and there'll be like a 10-day isolation period in a hotel. Yeah, I mean, if they're travelling to one of the, these red zone countries, um, I I agree with them. I don't think it's a, it's a strange time to have a, an international break, I think. Um, could be put off by a month or two quite easily with no problems, but yeah, it's getting very tight, isn't it? But yeah, um, I'm assuming... I mean, any of our players get called up for England. They've only got a, an away trip to Albania 
and I don't think that's on the red list. Um, Poland have got, I mean, they're playing England, aren't they, on the yeah. 31st of March. Uh, but um, other than that, they're going to Hungary and uh, playing Andorra in Poland. Uh, Denmark, uh, they've got trips to Israel, Denmark and Aus- Austria. Uh, as soon as Stu gets called up, uh, they've only got one away trip to Israel and uh, that's definitely not on the, on the list. So I don't know if it would affect us. I don't think any of our players would have to quarantine. But that said... It's not the, the point though, is it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've got a little bit of audacious transfer news for you. You've probably heard this. I mean, a lot of people have. But um, Tammy Abraham, apparently we are one of five Premier League clubs interested in him in the summer. Um, I mean, we might not be a Premier League club in the summer anyway. But, I mean, even if we stay up, (laughs) this is not happening, is it? There are much better fits for him, I'm I'm sure. You know, the the wages alone would just be, no, it's not happening. So, yeah, I, I I don't believe any of that astronomical yeah I mean I guess that we're going to have to make a plan B in case Ings does leave us uh, but yeah I don't think I mean, he fits the profile in terms of uh, the type of player he is and his age but yeah coming from Chelsea those wages can be massive I don't think he'll agree to such a pay cut so. no and of course there'll be other teams that will fit the bill like bigger, I said bigger budgets and Premier League <laughs> <laughs> Oh God, we go in there. I, I always go there. I'm just joking. I'm, I'm fine. I'm not. I, we're, we're staying up. We're staying up. It's fine. Um, Kevin, do you have any news? Uh, yeah, just a couple of um, updates. The Saints B team. Uh, they played Arsenal, and uh, at home and came down from two 0 down. They came down. Came back from two 0 down. You got down. Uh, you got yeah. down on the brain, Kev. <laughs> uh, we, you, you started it. Um, yeah, uh, both goals coming from the Wilson Ferry himself. So, yeah, that not in the huge crisis that uh, both teams were in before. Um, and I wanted to bring this up because we recorded quite early last week and hadn't had a chance to watch match of the day. And did you see the um, Brighton-West Brom match or, or the highlights thereof? No, I did not. Okay, yeah, Lee fucking Mason again. It's... Whistlegate part two, basically. Um, Lewis Dunk uh, has a free kick goal disallowed. He asks Lee Mason, can I take a free kick? He takes it. Um, he hits the ball before, sorry, after he blows the first whistle. And then just before it flies into the net, he blows the whistle again and disallows the goal. VAR then overrule him. Then he goes to the monitor to take a look at it and decides that because he blew the whistle the second time before the ball crossed the line, that the goal has to be disallowed. And everyone was up in arms about it, quite rightly. But, yeah, on match of the day, Gary and the saying, I've never seen anything like it. It literally happened just days before in a Saints match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just happened to ignore it. Of course. That's, that's what happens. Um, no, I didn't see that, actually, but... I can believe it. Maybe he had a bet on. Maybe he was just like, no, I can't let this happen. <laughs> so whenever the ball was about to cross the line, I'm going to blow my whistle. And then, you know. Yeah, he looked like that. He, he did like he took pity on West Brom. It's like, oh, God, Big Sam's going to eat me for breakfast if I let this one go. Well, they just want to make it about themselves again. They want them to have all the headlines instead of the Well, if the other team's not ready, you know, that's their fucking fault. Exactly. If the referee has said you were OK to take it, then take it. But it was Peter Andre Mariner last time, wasn't it? 
Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, it's not the same referee, but it's the, it's the same story. Well, at least it's consistent anyway. <laughs> consistent bullshit, yeah. Yep. Okay, uh, last week we put out a call for people to contact us regarding their thoughts on the Ralph situation. You know, are you with him? Do you want him gone? Or, you know, wh- wherever you stand... So I'm going to read out three of our responses, all differing. Uh, now, Kevin, you haven't heard these yet, have you? So I'll ask for your response on all of them. Maybe I'll read them all out and then you can give me your opinions after I've read them all. Um, first, we had Ollie. And he says, I think Ralph needs to take a lot of the responsibility for losing and the team selection. He has no faith in our right backs and would much rather play players out of position to plug gaps, which isn't doing anyone's confidence any good. I wouldn't be sad if he went. Maybe we should use some new tac. Maybe we could use some new tactics and try some new players before it's too late. Why do we treat him like a savior? Okay. Uh, and then we had someone from uh, Reese. Well, can we respond to that? Or okay, go on. You respond to that then. I just. Want I, to mean, I do agree. I agree with everything you said up to that. That up to the point where he said that it'd be you wouldn't be that bothered if Ralph went. Um, I would. I'm not sure. I that, would, um, and I also said that if you're wanting him gone can you think of anyone that we can replace him with and he hasn't done that yeah so that because the whole system's built around ralph that's going to take much more time to rebuild than any manager would be given uh coming sure in. yeah yeah so yeah i mean I, i'm ralph should be culpable for the results for the tactics and for the team selection and the substitutions uh yeah he's not above reproach at all but i Still don't see anyone doing a better job than them. Kev, I love Seems him. I still love Ralph. And I think I always will. Yeah, so, I mean, so, ma- so maybe I do sometimes. treat him like a saviour. Maybe I do. But, I mean, if this was um, Piol or, or Pellegrino in the side, I would be calling for them to be gone. So I never liked him. I never felt like a good fit. But I don't... Maybe this is my problem. I don't... I Maybe I do rate Ralph too highly. And I don't give him, you know... I give him too much of a bigger... What's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> not quite um a leash i maybe i give him a little bit of a, a too big a leash i don't know but yeah, yeah. some good points but I, i'm not necessarily agreeing with the fact that yeah i would be very sad if, if he went i i yeah i'd have to do an emergency podcast and i'd be pining for weeks uh yeah. next email we had uh reese he said ralph needs to stay for me he's the best we've had since the cumin pochettino days uh, I feel confident that when we play our best, we can beat anyone. It's just a blip. No need to panic. Next season, we will be better. It all comes from the top. New owner. Give Ralph the funds and the depth to have a better go next season. If Ralph, if Ralph takes us to Wembley, everybody would change their tune quickly. Hashtag Gal out. Well, that didn't work for Claude Puel, did it? That's a good point. <laughs> yeah, but the fans weren't calling for it necessarily, were they? Um, no, I mean, he, he gets a lot more leeway than um, any previous manager. Maybe maybe Koeman aside, I think Koeman's comparable. We had a terrible run of, of fixtures under Koeman, um, but they'll need time for it later, and I'm hoping that Ralph can do the same. But, yeah, this season or next, that's the question, isn't it? Uh, and lastly, I want to read uh, Saints FC memes on Instagram. By the way, if you don't follow him across social media, do it now because, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you won't regret it. It's a great account um, needed by every Saints fan. Um, And he says, I don't criticise our team uh, much, if at all, 
but his pressers are starting to bother me. It feels like he's always whinging about something, uh, and the one from the weekend came across like he's like he thought we'd already lost. This team is clearly struggling mentally, and when things go wrong, their heads drop quicker than Pompey dropped down the leagues. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, that. that's an issue that comes from the top and Ralph needs to, to breed some confidence. Whinging about the squad in every presser does nothing except tell the lads that he doesn't have belief in them. I see no positive in that. He's only telling the truth. I get that. But he should sound like a leader, not a fan down the pub having a moan. I'm not Ralph out, but we can't just give him a free ride on everything because he's a nice bloke and had a good 2020 up the Saints. Yeah. So we, we've had we've had a response that wanting him out. We've had a response that wanting wanting him in, and another one that's yeah. kind of slagging him off in a way, but not wanting him out. So a more conservative approach. So yeah, that, that, that's why I wanted to read those three out because they're all differing opinions. Um, but yeah, thanks to everyone for their responses, and it's always a pleasure hearing from you, whether you, I agree with them or not. It doesn't matter. Just keep them coming. Um, and I thought I'd pose another question for you all for next week. Um, Gal. Just discuss, discuss his ownership. Let's hear your concerns moving forward. Uh, or, you know, if you like him, great. Tell us. Uh, give us an email. Uh, we'll discuss it next week. Um, you can email us on in that number podcast at gmail.com or send us a message on Twitter or Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, I'll be on, high, on hand to reply. Or Kevin. This is Klaus Lundekram and you are listening to In That Number. Okay then, Kevin, another loss, a narrow loss, 1-0. Uh, an early goal from Richarlison in the ninth minute turned out to be enough. Yes, it was it was gutting, uh, but I suppose it could have been worse. We, di- I mean, we didn't fall apart in the second half, did we? And, and Ralph had said that it was one of our better performances of late. But, you know, it's still a loss. We did create some chances. Gineppo should have buried his effort. Vestergaard should have done better with his at the end. Um Kevin, anyway, we, we needed to change from that 3-0 loss at Leeds. So we did. McCarthy out, Forster in, which is kind of like what we were talking about last week, actually. So it came down pretty well. Uh, Gineppo, Armstrong and Ings all come back in. Were you happy with those changes and, and you know, confident of a result? Um, sort of. I'm writing that he's decided to ditch Macca because he's a manager who likes to stick to his guns. But obviously he's... No, uh, not Angus Gunn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, but he's obviously desperate to try something new, and um, I guess Forster maybe uh, quite strangely, considering his situation last season, um, instilling some confidence in the squad. He's you know kept a clean sheet every time he's played. Well, not anymore. But um, <laughs> yeah, I, I guess I was interested to see how he performed. Um, when going with Bednarek at right back again. Uh, yeah, I mean, playing three centre-backs and Ryan Bertrand, I don't know, that, that's not inspiring, especially after Ramsey's just signed a new deal. Um, what do we need him for if he's a right-back? There you go. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there were questions of whether Jankovic would uh, start in the centre. Uh, I mean, I have put forward Armstrong before as a centre-mid option, but Ralph seems not to prefer him. But again, he's tried to experiment this time uh, yeah Redmond Gineppo Ings Adams that seems like a dangerous front four doesn't it it well, would seem that way wouldn't it yes alas uh, the early goal Calvert-Lewin causing issues for Salisu in the air 
and he wasn't able to deal with the long-range threats. Falls to Sigurdsson, uh, who plays the ball through to Richarlison, shifts it around the hapless Forster and slots it away 1-0. Yeah, I mean, Sinisa, he was um, fighting an uphill battle against Dominic Calvert-Lewin throughout that, that first half. He was That surprised me. Beaten. That surprised me, because Calvert-Lewin doesn't look... A very strong player, does he? Especially in the air. You don't think of him like that. And Salisu looks like he's got a bit of bulk behind him. But he was being out-muscled. Yeah. Um, a bit of a worry. Yeah, certainly for for that goal anyway. I mean, yeah, nine minutes in. And you think, oh, fuck, you know, the heads are going to go down. And we're going to lose this one by a big margin. Um, but yeah, that, that, that goal, that, that was painful. I mean, Salisu was beaten not once, but twice the ball... Prousey's there, doesn't seem to do anything. Again, everyone um, attracted to the ball. And, um, yeah, Sigurdsson with the... Uh, it was a good ball to open up Richardson, But that's a tight angle shot for the goal. Beaten Fraser Forster quite easily. I mean, do you think his positioning should have been a bit better than that for, yeah. for that one? I think so. Yeah, it's a shame because he made a you know a save or two before that. But, I'm, but I want to stress that the problem wasn't him; it was the the, the build-up before that. They should have dealt with it. Yeah. But yeah, all of it wasn't good. Um, and then Michael Keane had the ball in the net from well, it was a training ground routine off a free kick. Um, Looked very clever, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Saints they hold that high line, don't they? And it was rightly called back for offside. That high line defending set pieces always makes me hide behind the sofa because it can so easily go wrong and it can make you look pathetic. But yeah, it was luckily, really dangerous. I mean, there were a few occasions where I thought, why are we defending like that? This is going to end in disaster and somehow got away with it, more or less. There was a chance, as I said at the opening to this match, Gineppo. I mean, we didn't carve out too many chances, and, and that was one that we need to be taking. Um, yeah, I mean, a lot of them. Uh, Redmond, right throughout the match, was just incredibly frustrating. Blasted one over. James Ward-Prowse with some uninspiring free kicks. Um, but, yeah, that, that first half, it was a painful watch. Really painful. Yeah, it was. Um, and <clears throat> Vestergaard as well should have, should have grabbed that equaliser at the end. We, yeah, I mean, the, the second half was, was much better. I mean, the first first half, I, mean, I, I just kind of saw us... Yeah, uh, Ralph said that at the end of the game, didn't he? The, the second half, we, we looked like we were going to have a go, and it wasn't, the, you know, the worst second half performance that we've seen recently, because we have been falling apart. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were, you know, a, a couple of um, changes in the formation when uh, Soliso came off uh, and Nathan Telecom came on. Um, things started to liven up a bit. Gineppo slipped in at right back and I thought he did a good job there I mean normally he's shite but um, he filled in quite well yeah I mean in, in the first half he was overlapping with uh, with Bednarek and and that was that was fine but we were all pushing forward um, Everton were quite happy to not so much sit back and defend but to give us you know more more of the ball give us more chances and um, yeah we just didn't take them at all so so many chances in that second half um just just wasted um yeah like you said Gineppo busting over and that Vestergaard chance I mean Vestergaard was just the last man to hit it but before that Ings had had a great Gineppo and Armstrong um and you know right at the death you think oh you know 
equaliser here. That should be up for it. But uh, all too late. I wouldn't say too little, but too little quality. Too late. That's it. Yeah, it's too little quality. And you know, like I said, we we don't create. We didn't create enough chances in this game. And the ones that we did create, we should have been. We should have been doing better with. Salisu, Kev. Uh, he, mm-hmm. he had a tough time dealing with Calvert Lewin. He came off just after the hour. He almost scored before he came off as well. It changed the shape as well and put Teller on. Cal, like I said, yeah, Calvert Lewin. He's not. He doesn't look like he's that. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, but they had to put Vestergaard on him, uh, and that seemed to work in terms of his physicality. Yeah, he wasn't going to mess with um, Great Dane. I bet he thought, oh shit. <laughs> well, there's my afternoon ruined. <laughs> Um, and I want to discuss Redmond with you, Kev, because I thought he was very poor again, actually. Yeah. Um, it's not really working with him at the moment, is it? I mean, I thought he could play through the centre and have a positive impact, whether it be a number 10 role or support for rings up top. But out wide, there's just nothing there at the moment. It's hugely disappointing. And I think, well, considering what we saw with Sheffield United as well, Teller needs to take that position from him for the time being. Um, and I just want to show you how much he struggled he lost possession 14 times in the first half alone. And that's tw- 22 for the whole game. With a 64% pass accuracy, he had no key passes, no shots on target, no opportunities created, no aerial duels won, and he was dribbled past three times. That's awful. And then when Teller came on, he looked better in the limited time that he'd had already. It's really, really worrying stats. And, and to think how important he was a couple of years ago for us. He's lost it all now. That's it. I mean, he's not doing his role for us there. What's he doing here now? What, what, what's he good for? I don't, I don't. The sad thing is, Kev, I don't think this is a slump either. I think this is the real Redmond. I just don't think, really? he, can play, I don't think he can play that role anymore. He's just He hasn't been good all season, has he? And last season as well. Just not creating anything. He's not. He's given the ball away far too much. I mean, what's his, what's his role in this team? What do you see him as? Yeah, he, he's supposed to be, you know, creating chances from the on the on the wing, cutting back inside onto his right. He's not even having any shots at the moment. Well, he, when he is, they're not going on target. But I think with Teller, we've got somebody there. I'm not going to, you know, jump on him straight away. But he seems to be. He looked looking more of a threat in the limited time that he has had. So um, we'll go on to man of the match, Kev. It's a difficult one, isn't it, once we've lost. And when we've had so many wasted chances and we're skating on thin ice for a lot of the match. Um, I think Ings was underutilised. Um, Adams was just non-existent. Yeah, it's slim pickings, really, isn't it? Uh, I mean, Ward-Prowse was dependable, as usual. Um, Gineppo, he filled a hole, I think, quite well. But, yeah, Armstrong, again, whenever he's played, and he's been on form most of the time that he has played, he's looked like a, our only threat going forward, creating chances. So he's played out of position there in the centre of midfield. And for his first game that I can remember him playing there, I think he did really well. Ralph praised him after the match, said that he was happy that uh, Stewie could play in number six. Uh, it's good to know that he can do that, but I think he'd be much more utilised in, in his usual position. But yeah, for me, I think he's the only one who came out of this looking particularly good. Yep, I, I couldn't agree more, Kev. I've got I've got nearly the same thing written down in my notes here. Armstrong for me, um, just. 
played out of position, as you said. Ralph trusts them to do a job anywhere now, I think. Um, but I agree with you. I think we need to utilise him in his best position, which it, we, we, I mean, we saw back to that um, against Sheffield United. He went back. So, yeah. but yeah, I thought you handled it in the middle very well and still able to get the ball and start those driving runs. And as you said, only looks like the only Saints player that can create anything these days. So yeah, Armstrong for me too. But it was a fucking drab match, mate. Yeah. I mean, one shot on target for for each of us in that match. It was just a painful, especially that, that first half. I think the first 10 minutes are probably interesting because you get a goal and the last 10 minutes because we had a, a fair few chances that we wasted. That was it. Right. Uh, Sheffield United, Kev. My voice has gone positive straight away, just like that. Uh, going into this must-win game, in spite of what Ralph said, um, his 100th game in charge, actually. So, yeah, yeah. pressure on. And also, we had our key players coming back from injury. Kyle Walker-Peters straight into the 11. Diallo, two, and Minamino. I was surprised. Happy, but surprised. How about you, Kevin? Um, for that choice, yeah. I mean, you look at that squad, and that is a, that's a full-strength squad. Uh, maybe Romeo for Diallo. But, and, and, and Ings. <laughs> somebody else, though. So, um, all cops for Teller, but yeah, you, I think you, you can be happy with that kind, that kind of squad. It's a team that should be performing well. Carl Walker Peters, my God, how have we missed him? Um, Diallo, that lets Armstrong slip back into his use, useful number 10 position, and Minamino back is look, looking like a, a tasty option up front. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I, I, as I say, I was happy with it. I thought it was all good. Um, yeah, Nathan Teller in, Forster continuing in goal. Um, it looks set to keep it for a stretch too as well. Um, barely troubled yesterday, I think, really. And there was uh, four changes in all. Uh, a good record against Sheffield United recently, Kev. Won our last three games against them. That's four now. Not won four in a row since 1950. So uh, that's a that's a record. That's a positive record of, out of the way. But let let's start with the bad. Then, 13 minutes in, the injury crisis continues. Danny Ings goes down. Another key player set to miss, well, weeks. That's a bad one, that. I mean, we'll chat with Tim um, in a bit about that one. But, yeah, not looking good, is it? Uh, no. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard that um, he could be out for a few weeks now. That is going to be a shame. He, he hasn't really been performing no, but he's still a key player and he's still something that we need, somebody that we need in the shape that we've got and the shape that we play. Because otherwise it's going to have to be, well, it's going to have to be Minamino or Walcott up front with Adams, isn't it? Yeah, we haven't got Oberfemi as an option there. So. We haven't got Shane Long anymore either. Shane Long, Shane Long, yeah. Well, that's tough. Because yep. you think you might have scored a few. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, but Nathan Teller, Kev, um, breath of fresh air, I think. L- looks great again. He looks a real handful. He's an unknown quantity, I think, at the moment for a lot of opposition. They don't quite know how to handle him. And I know Sheffield United defensively, they're struggling with injuries. and They're playing players out of position, much like we were for the last few weeks. Um, but so it was good for Ralph to, you know, to give the lad a start. Uh, his trickery, his pace, and it, it paid dividends, didn't it, with a penalty? And yeah. takes him down. Any debate over it? No, no, I don't think. Not, uh... not, not, not this time. <laughs> Yeah, it was a desperate tackle, wasn't it? I mean, that, that Diallo long ball through to Teller, um, and yeah, he can, he can run, can't he? He can. Uh, 
basically him against Ramsdale, really. Um, Red card for you? Well, it's the whole double jeopardy thing, isn't it? It's inside the box. They get, uh, they can see the penalty. That's the punishment. Yeah, but if you miss the penalty, there's no punishment for them at all. Um, you shouldn't be missing penalties, isn't you? Mm, no. tell, that, tell that to Brighton. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, the reason I say is because I thought penalty, red card straight away. I thought he's denied him a goal-scoring opportunity. He's, he knows what he's doing. Yeah, definitely. He doesn't. Foul. Not a sniff of the ball at all. Um, yeah. Uh, just, yeah, absolutely desperate. I think that sums up Sheffield United's game yesterday and, and their season so far. Just, just fucking desperate. Yeah, and and then the penalty then, James Wood-Prowse... I mean, I couldn't look, Kev. I, my youngest had to tell me. I was like, I literally had that my head in my hands... I could I could not watch because I thought, shit, Ings has gone off. He's gonna he's our penalty taker. I knew that Royal Prowse was gonna take it. And I thought the season that he's had from dead balls, he's been faultless. You can't complain. I thought just when we need we need a little bit, he's gonna miss. And I just couldn't look. And oh yeah, it was I was so. so I don't think I've ever screamed so much at a penalty. Obviously, apart from England, but yeah, that was um, yeah, it was a, it was a tough one to watch. Yeah, definitely. I mean, considering that he, he has missed them before. I mean, but yeah, the commentators always say, "Oh yeah, you, you know, perhaps he always scores his penalties and his free kicks," just because they've seen the highlight reels and everything. But um, yeah, nervous, yes, but he he takes a proper fucking penalty. So yes. fair props to James Ward-Prowse. I hate it when they waste a step and you know do a little skip to try and I know, um, I know. <laughs> trick the goalkeeper. And end up sticking in Rosette, but yeah, that that that's a, that's a brilliant penalty. Just plant it in the bottom corner, send it to the wrong take way. It, yeah. Did you hear what um, Sky Sports said about this? They called it a pen and teller. <laughs> I didn't hear that, but that's a good one. We must <laughs> yeah. Magic, Kev. I like it. Exactly, magic. <laughs> um, it got better, Kev. Um, Shay Adams, Mike. Goodness, what a hit. Take it away, Kev. Enjoy. Um, wow. I, it was um, the build-up for this, uh, making stew, making a bit of space on, on the right. But, yeah, the shot that came from that didn't really come to anything. And Sheffield United can't clear it for shit. It comes off of Bertie's face, then off of Armstrong's tits. And Adams <laughs> just picks it up on the half volley and... I, is, is there? Is, what's the right verb for this? Bollocks it into the net. I mean, <laughs> is that a verb? <laughs> I don't know. I think it, it, there needs to be a new verb created for this. He, yeah, he shays it into the net. Shays it, in. yeah, he shays it. I like it. It was like an arrow, wasn't it? It, it was. It just wasn't rising much. And that, you know, that could have travelled for another forty odd yards and still gone in because it was just hit. That wow, that's sweet. You know, close the book on ITN goal of the month for March and probably for the Premier League too, as because yeah. That was great. I loved it. It was just, um, yeah, the scream again. It was brilliant. And Shea loves a goal against Sheffield United, doesn't he? That's four, four and four. Yeah. I bet they thought they were in luck when they saw him on the bench, but no. Sorry, guys. Yeah, it's just uh, just a fate that things to come off. And Shea hadn't really done much up until then. No, I know, but that was just, yeah. You couldn't hit it any sweeter. Uh, amazing. I loved it. Uh, I'm smiling now because I'm just thinking of it. It's great. Boner time, Kev. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Not really troubled, were we? I mean, I think no. it was the first time in a long time that I was, I don't want to say completely relaxed, but somewhat relaxed. And Forster didn't really have anything to do. Uh, and the the thing that pleased me most, Kev, is we're 2-0 up and we're still creating chances because we could have had more. We should have had more. 
Um, and I desperately wanted that Armstrong one to go in because that would have been so special. That little yeah. dink, dinking run and he just plays it across the across the keeper's face and just, just goes wide. But, I mean, there were so many chances. I mean, that last sort of half hour or so, every five minutes we were on the break because I mean, we, we didn't see that much of the ball in the, in the second half. But, um, yeah, when we did get it, we made some brilliant breaks on the counter attack. And it's as if they, they didn't have any defence back at all. They couldn't be bothered. And we, we had a free run to do whatever we wanted. But, I mean, Teller had a few more chances um, in the second half. Yeah. Um, but yeah, <clears throat> that one that you, it was just rolling into the, the right hand corner and um, around. Oh the, yes, the, yeah, the yeah, save, yeah, out. yeah, brilliant hit. Um, Minamino again, should he should have landed that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's about what ten fifteen yards out. He should have just done it in. Um, <clears throat> Adams again, he had free reign to do what he wanted to. Again, decision-making, not quite right. Redmond sticking it in the stands again. And like you say, yeah, that Armstrong won up the chance. I mean, they're, they're just like, we should have won like four, five, six nil, really. Should have. Other teams would have done. But I don't care. Two turned out to be enough. It's, it's a relief, Kev. It's a win. Um, Teller, yeah. Teller's looking more and more promising. And it, it, three points to push us further away from that drop zone. And Che back in the goals. And, and what a goal. Um, goal, yeah. goal of the season candidate. Happy again. All things, you know, all things are positive. And then we turn our know. turn our attentions to City at the Etihad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there there is that creeping sense of dread because it's those wasted chances that are worrying me. Um, our, our form is dreadful. I mean, it's it's the worst in the league. Um, we're we're not scoring goals. We're conceding a ridiculous amount of goals. We're not really getting the shots off. Um, this is a break, but it is against. The, by far the worst team in the league. They weren't any better than when we played them the last time around. I mean, could this be the confidence boost we need? And um, that's where our problems lie. I'm hoping yes, but part of me thinks that maybe it's not. Um, man of the match, Sheffield United, Kev. Um, I think I'll go first this time. I'm going to go with Nathan Teller. Yeah, just a direct style of play. Gave us the lead of that penalty decision. Looks a real threat. Looks like he's got the pace. Um, I'm, I'm happy with him, and I, I just think, well, I think Arsenal are gutted that they've let him go because he could have uh, got into that team as well. I don't, I don't, I don't doubt in, in years to come. So, yeah, tell her for me. I'd have to agree. I think Armstrong, he was absolutely outstanding. Yeah, part of me, there's a, a sort of a bit of a romance, isn't there? And, it's, and it was a fantastic performance. So I'd have to go with um, with Nathan Teller. But I, I mean, I thought. I, uh, defensive line was good. Perhaps yeah, Bednarek and Vestergaard look good together. Although it is against Sheffield United, so I don't want to take too much into it. But they had, they always look good uh, playing, playing centrally together. Yeah, and I, I like the fact that now that Bednarek's played a few games at right back, that he doesn't mind sort of um, drifting a little bit and um, letting the others cover for him. More strings thought, to his bow. Yeah, I think he was, he was playing well with Walker Peters, but yeah, Walker Peters. Um, he makes everyone look better. Yeah. More comfortable. And um, linking up with Armstrong beautifully. So, yeah, please just don't get injured just again. Stay healthy, stay yeah. healthy, stay healthy. <laughs> right, now we'd like to welcome Tim. Tim, another shit start to the week uh, in terms of Saints, uh, but we turned it around on Saturday. 
and how have you been? Uh, things are decent. Things are slowing down at work, but enjoying non- everything nonetheless. Finally got our furniture for our office, and so I'm sitting in it for the first time today. Woo-hoo. The one thing, though, is that I realized is that there's no TV up here, so that I can't watch game. And But I have a nice view, at least. That's That's good. Everton. Another loss. A narrow one, but... I mean, it's one that we all assumed was going to be a loss anyway, didn't we? So how did you see it? Uh, I mean, I totally blanked from my mind uh, after the fact that they lost just because, you know, you're you're hurting so much and you have that level of pain that you're like, oh, man, oh, geez. Like if, if we're going – I didn't want to have to go to, to Sheffield United and have to beat them and feel 100% that we're like, if you do not beat this game, beat this team – you are going to feel like absolute, like you're going to feel like absolute garbage, but then the team is really in influx at that point. Uh, I was hoping for at least a little bit better of a performance. They did okay. They played like the 14th best team in the league going there, and they didn't, were not able to beat a rotated side with, without Hamez and a few other people. So, uh, it sucked. Didn't feel good about it, but. Uh, you got to do what you got to do. Um, man of the match for you in that one? I'm going to say Forster, just because uh, him slotting back in, rising up to the occasion to be a success, and uh, is taking the starting rings. So. Shame he wasn't rising up against uh, Richarlison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we forget about that one, Kevin. Um, <laughs> and then and then Saturday, uh, the must win, and we got it. We got it, finally. Um, how did you see Sheffield United game? All right, so the way I like to describe it is if you've had a three-week-long constipation spell and that you finally took the dump on Saturday, and it just finally – it just it's all relief at that point. Just dump on Sheffield United some more. <laughs> no, it just it, – well, it's not, it's not on them, but it's your own little – you know, your own implicit things going on in your system, and that basically is – if 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 it didn't go right in our in our own way, we would have not had uh, we would have had to go to the doctor is the metaphor. Basically, mm-hmm. we would have to do something. Yeah, it's just not like a normal spell. It was bad. Um, but happy to see that we took the win. Uh, we deserved it, albeit Sheffield United deserve our play like the 20th team in the league, and they'll enjoy their next year in the cha- uh, the championship. And I hope Rian Brewster. Uh, well, I don't really care about him, so good for him. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I like it. He's making enough money. More, he's making millions of dollars. I don't care at this point. So yeah. do it for your own. Do it for your own push, buddy. Uh, you suck ass. So get better. Man of the match this one. Uh, so James Ward Prowse was all over the place, and his work rate is always fantastic. His positioning is just ideal. I, I got to give it to him. I know Armstrong played a lot of progressive movement going forward, and Tella did a great job on speed and, pre- and pressing the, the, the right-sided uh, the right-sided center back and the, and the wing back there. Um, but I, don't know, I just think Ward-Prowse, that was a, I wouldn't say a master class from him, but that was a – Above average, did not put any, did not make a mistake at all whatsoever. Um, great job, finished the penalty kick with complete precision, which was wonderful. Yeah, uh, that's that's what I'll uh, I'll go with there. But sorry about Aunt Danny Ings, 
Uh, he's got a groin strain, so uh, we saw him go off with a groin strain there, and it was in a non-contact situation, which is actually fairly common for groin strains. Um, we're looking at the majority of the injuries that actually are, occur from groin strains or non-contact, just because you don't get a whole lot of blunt force trauma uh, to uh, the groin. You can, but it's not. Uh, it doesn't often just create a, that hematoma, that gigantic bruise that can cause from there. Rather, it's either a previous injury that occurred or more than likely just a, or just a big contraction of the muscle where it caused the adductor to flare up and to uh, be a pain, literally. So for him, uh, it was weird is that he didn't really show any signs of it prior to it. And then all of a sudden, he just kind of like limped off and... I'm going to go with, and I'm just going to assume because we've seen him when he went off a couple different times this season, that it was fairly conservative, meaning that if there was any threat of a potential injury, then they're going to take him off just because of his injury history. I feel that they are conservative when it comes to dating and want to make sure that his health and safety is the most important uh, because his long he he's fragile he's not made of glass but his knees are you know repurposed and uh i i don't know you know you don't i don't think this is anything connected to the knee injury just because the groin the groin injuries don't often connect to the uh, the knee uh or are related to the knee injuries themselves so we'll find out and see what happens and uh hope he feels better and Hopefully you can get some nice massages on that adductor muscle. So then, bottom of the form table against a team that's won 21 in a row. Wow. I mean, and their last win was against Wolves on Tuesday night. But of course, they still play in the Manchester Derby today. Not looking good, is it, Kevin? Not for us, it's not. No. No. <laughs> sure. That's the short answer. Um, but Tim... Man City, as I said, not looking good for us. Uh, should we just write this one off now and you know, so we can, you know, not be as disappointed? Yeah, that's totally fine. Yeah, let's do that then. Yeah. But yeah, help us prepare for Man City if you can. So this is this All is right. Wednesday the 10th, 6 p.m. Yeah. live on Sky Sports. And you said, just to confirm, you said 21 wins in a row, correct? Yeah. So, all right. So they've got 21 wins in a row. They got a fuck ton of points. They're first in the table. All right, the last five, I was like, they probably won them all. Yeah, they've lost 21. Okay, so how, how's their home form? It was really fucking good, all right? <laughs> Man City, they're, they're really fucking good. They have literally, they can put together a 20, you know, they can put together a full 11-man team and still probably take top five, you know, top five in the league. Oh, with, just, with, just, with, to, just to piggyback off of that, do you realize that they are the first team to be safe from relegation this season? Uh, yeah, I figured they would be. <laughs> Yes, I mean it's it. I didn't necessarily recognize it, but that makes a lot of sense it's because now they are. Well, they're <laughs> yeah. over like twelve. They're like twelve or thirteen points. Actually, yeah, I need to pull up the actual table. But it's uh, fourteen points ahead of United, and they go they go uh, to the Etihad today to play them. That's going to be a lot of fun. So yeah, they're uh, they're four. Yeah, they're fourteen points. Uh, Le- Leicester is the only team behind them, and they're on fifty three, but they're a game a- they're game ahead. they our last meeting. Uh, we lost to them one zero at home. Uh, their top scorer on the year is they have so many just uh, you can't really tell. It spreads it around, com- doesn't it? They it's, spread it around. They haven't got they, a target. They're now. not. 
they're like that's why they're terrible for the uh, fan for fantasy because you just can't really predict you know who's going to be the top scorer or their best player or whatnot. I mean, looking at it, you've got Gundogan as with eleven goals as their top scorer. You wouldn't have predicted that. I mean, he's a he's more of a defensive mid in that in that system. He plays more of as a uh, six or an eight rather than the actual t- uh, attacking attacking players, but. Great for him. Uh, he's having a hell of a season. He had that run there where he had like six or seven, six or seven goals in four games, uh, which is fantastic uh, for him. So congratulations to him. Uh, Raheem Sterling is, is nine alongside Riyad Mahrez, who has eight on the season so far. Uh, so how do they set up now? They set up primarily in a four, three, three that left back tends to get high planes Zinchenko. A lot there. Um, I, I don't know why, because I still think playing Cancelo out of position is a whole lot better and left back and putting either – probably putting Kyle Walker on the right side is going to be one of their best bets. Um, but once again, we don't really know what's going to happen. But ideally, their 4-3-3 is going to be what their uh, their role is. And so they're going to have a heavy ro- – they'll have a heavy rotation. You don't necessarily know if it's going to be – Phil Foden or Rio Mares or Sterling or if Aguero is going to play now, uh, the the best bet on the on the field uh, right now is probably Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, they, they did rotate him out last year's home game when we beat them one zero, but I don't think they're going to rotate him out. And then the biggest thing that's going for them this season is their defense. Uh, the the pairs of Ruben Diaz and John Stones has been. You wouldn't. We don't really always think of Man City being the defensive approach, but they have solidified that with Diaz coming in, and they got rid of uh, Otamendi, which is complete steal comparatively to transfer one of them for Diaz in and Otamendi out. But and Stones has had a relevation this season, so uh, he'll be able to play for the Euros. It looks like he's going to be starting with Maguire if everything comes down the pipeline correctly and there's no injuries. Um, but once again, like I said, a heavy rotation. And if in case anything does go wrong, they've got America Laporte, who is, you know, a starting level caliber international player to play on the bench. And you've got he's all these other. Fantastic. Laporte. Yeah. I think you, he's fantastic. Uh, you've got so many. They've got. So, it's just disgusting how many players that they have. And well, oh well. So the danger man is always going to be Kevin De Bruyne. He s- sprays balls all over the field. Those long, those long drawn out balls that he, uh, that's fun, and Gundogan has been fantastic on the year. So we'll see if he rotates in. Uh, how are we going to play against them? You know, we tend to set up shop. So how it'll be is we're going to try and catch them on a counter and do our best. Uh, fortunately, this year, like I think the Liverpool game is exactly how should we be looking to play against uh, Man City, where. We got an early goal, albeit, you know, it's like I said, it's Ings and kind of a fluke, but also a clinical finish from that top-down approach where he's able to pop it over Allison from across uh, across the across the goal box, that is. And from there, I just really hope that we're able to uh, run at him and find just a few, you know, just that find that little extra, uh, the, I don't know, break, try to try to break the lines and f- see if we can be able to break uh, Diaz and Stones, which is going to be super duper tough. We just got to keep battling on. I think it's all part of life as a Saints fan, isn't it? And history suggests we will have to struggle at some point in, in the campaign. And we're, we're, we're doing it at the moment um, and we're coming up against them. It's, it's yeah, it's not 
It's not great. It's not great. Um, but predictions then. Kevin, you're up first. Oh, fucking hell. Um, 2 0 City. That's that's quite good. Okay, I'm going to go 4 0 City. Christ. 3 0. 2, 3, and 4. Okay, nice. Um, okay, get this right. Gemma is going for a 1 0 Saints win. Ooh. She's crazy. 3 uh, 1 loss to Man City. Okay, excellent. Um, and then we return home. Not that that makes any difference, uh, but nevertheless, let, let's try and get positive for this one, shall we? Brighton and Hove Albion, Sunday the 14th of March, 12 p.m. kickoff. This is three points in the bag, isn't it, Tim? No. <laughs> not the way we're not the way we're I playing. I said try and play, try and keep it positive. Come on, come on, guys. Kev, three points in the bag. Yeah. That's better. They're currently sitting 17th on the table, so uh, obviously a little bit better off than playing against Man City. So uh, they got 26 points on the season, 27 games they've played, so less than a point a game. They want to talk about how they're. XG is related to what their uh, what what it is what their actual goal scores are. So they scored 27 goals this season. Their XG is 42, which at the point in time is the largest discrepancy if they finished that that we would have in the last 10 years That's comparative to the goal, which means that they're just not clinical at all. They just don't know how to finish. And if I you, bet we're not far off of that, you know. I don't think so because I'd have to take a look at it, but I, I don't think we necessarily have that high XG. Uh, we are a lot more clinical than the finishing that we do have, especially because of all the Ward Prowse goals and other different mm, set oh yeah, goals. Of course, yeah. So we're scoring off of play, scoring off of situations that are very unlikely. And let's take the Aston Villa game. For example, we scored four. It was something stupid, like we had a two uh, XG and we had four goals or something like that. We never get the penalty decisions either. No, that's true. We finally got one, though, yeah. and that was deserved. Good job, Tom. First time in living memory. Yes. Uh, so that's just something to, to be aware of. And the danger man is themselves because <laughs> they're going to shoot themselves in the foot all the damn time. <laughs> And if they're continually doing this, they, you know, they have a, they have a minus eight goal differential. They're sitting better than us on that. Uh, they have a better defense. So whether it's um, Lewis Dunk there and Ben White being able to control and Dan Byrne just throwing elbows left and right against people's heads because that's where his elbows are in comparison to his height. So uh, the guy is six seven and just ridiculously tall. He's actually, I think he's just about the, he's about the same height as Vestergaard. Uh, and then, so our last meeting, we won against them 2-1 with that last second chance where we had a penalty kick uh, to win it, uh, which was great to great to see for us. And they've got Malpe scoring with seven as their top scorer. And Danny currently sits at eight for us. So with it's closing in or it's least close. So their setup is extremely fluid. Uh the, throughout the season, they started either at a 4-2-3-1, a 3-4-3, or a 4-3-3. Uh, don't necessarily know what's going what's gonna to come about because Graham Potter, a.k.a. the Goose, uh, always <laughs> likes to, likes to kind of you know change things up a little bit here and there. But you're going to prim- primarily see uh, a back three lineup or potentially a back four with Dan Byrne, Ben White, uh, Lewis Dunk, and then if Lamptey is uh, not injured – 
Um, he's been hit and miss here and there with injuries, but those would be your back four. And then some kind of combination of Basuma, Lalana, uh, Malpe, and Trossard, and basically somebody else who might be rotating up there. So it's a little bit of fluid. And then Martinez is their new, newly acclaimed number one goalie. So Matt Ryan has been shipped off to Arsenal as the backup. And I, like I said, I predict it's a very hard to, it, it's very hard to pin down exactly how they'll set up. So either that four three three or the more likely the four two three one to have just a little bit of a defensive touch and then look to play us on the counter uh, going going forward. Well, I did say Brighton are their own worst enemy, and there that's the key battle to see them shoot themselves in the foot. It's going to be us and see the wingers expose them. If you have Tella or anybody else with pay, you know whoever it might be finding the pace, uh, being able to break their uh, break their last line of defense right and find this not only break the last line but find the space right in front of their center back pairing and dan burn uh then they'll be able to easily uh get ourselves a number of good chances whether or not we do capitalize on them wish the uh, wish the saints nothing but the best and this one we got a good chance in i think so too um hence why my prediction i'm up first this time i'm going to go a 2-1 saints win uh, I'm going to go with a 1-1 one, one draw, unfortunately. Ooh. Okay, Kevin. I had a feeling that you were going to say that. Uh, tactically, I really should go for a Brighton win, shouldn't I? But um, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Saints win. This is going to be drab. Gemma is going for a 0-0. Yeah, that's sensible. 2-1 Saints win. Same as me. like it. Hi, I'm Matt Letizia, and thank you for listening to In That Number. Okay, welcome to Extra Time. Let's kick it off as usual with our predictions. Kev, I've got an update to give you on this, because I recalculated all our points from the season, and I had it wrong. I had it wrong. I gave myself two extra points. So I've corrected No, it was a mistake. (laughs) So I've I've corrected it. Um, So with the new scores... After the Everton game, I went for a 2-0 Everton win. You went for a 3-1 Everton win. And Tim went for a 2-1 Everton win. So we all scored points. So that left it. Me on 34. Kev, you on 32. And Tim on 25. Now the Sheffield United game. I had a a 2-1 Saints win. Kevin had a 2-0 Saints win. And Tim had a 1-0 Saints win. So, of course, all points again. But Kev gets the maximum. So now the scores are me on 36. You have now taken the lead, Kev, on 37. Fuck yeah. <laughs> and Tim is on 27, 10 points adrift of you. So, yeah, I gave myself two extra points. So if, if, if it was last week's, I would have been beating you by a point. But now you have taken the lead by a point. So I apologise. I don't know where I got those extra two points from. There was no – I wasn't trying to cheat. It was just something that I spotted, and it was a good job I did. Yeah. So well done. And I think maybe next next week, Tim, we can do the um the snake draft if you're up for that. We can do uh, and reassess that. Yeah, I can do that. Cool. Sweet. Um, and then we go to wife wars. Uh, Gemma had a two new Everton win. Marina had a three one Everton win. Abby had a two one Everton win. Uh, all scored points. That leaves it. Gemma on twenty four. Marina on fifteen. And Abby has taken second place on seventeen. 
Uh, and then Sheffield United, uh, Gem stupidly went 1-1. Marina went 2-1 Saints, as did Abbey. So we have Gemma in the lead on 24, Abbey in second on 19, and Marina last on 17. Mm. Uh, Super 6. Round, well, it was three rounds. Wow. Round 38 was won by Stephen McCullough and Stuart White on 19. Round 39 was Dan Buck and Dan Buck, Gavin Burgess and Terry Lubbock on seven. And round 40 yesterday was Neil Parsons with 19, leaving the overall lead, Jason Lewis, on 327. Uh, fantasy football, then, Kevin. How is it going? Do you know last week I scored 90 points? Just putting it out there. I got 106 last week. Oh, shit. I didn't look at yours, because why would I? Yeah, Son Young Min, captain. Uh... And had a couple of defenders who got two clean sheets by the looks of things. So, yeah, that was useful. Um, yeah, that double game week, wasn't it? Yeah. It was. So, well, I don't know, I should have maybe done a bit better. Uh, I'm not feeling confident, though. I fucked up this week, Kev. Yeah? I got Madison on, who's injured, and I got James Wood-Prowse on the bench. Okay, well, he might yet come in. No, he um, won't, because I got Chilwell and Dallas ahead of him. Oh, shine. Mm. And Ward Prowse scored, as you know. Yes, and it's, he might he might score against City. <laughs> yeah, he might do. <laughs> uh, yeah, you don't know. I mean, maybe the, one of the one of the other players could be rotated. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah, that four points this week. I mean, it's kind of pointless, isn't it? To talk about it's a bit too early. Uh, I've I've got sixteen points again. This doesn't mean anything. Um, I'm still the worst. Uh, Southampton FC podcaster in our league and Matt Markstone is still the best um, How did Tim get on this week? Or last week rather? I had 91 points Oh you beat me by one <laughs> There's me thinking 90 was good and I got ended up losing Oh that's disappointing I think anyone else is captain and you probably would have outdone everyone um, A quick look at our in that number podcast league and uh, Lucy Heiner is still top um, ahead of Bobby Brown, don't say it and Peter Mushika. Um Fuck me, where am I? 60th. Um, Russian phrase this week, then. What have you got? Yes, and this time Tim uh, gets to have a go at it. I'm sure so, he's really looking forward to it. Yeah. The best I could come up with was a Russian phrase that I don't think we've said, um, at least not in a long while, and that is uh, Me vigrily. Me vigrily. Me vigrily. Me vigorously. We won. We won. <laughs> okay. Excellent. We did. We did a win, Ray. We, we did a win. win. We got a W. Yes, we did. Um, yes. Okay. So next week we will be discussing both Man City and Brighton games, and we will be preparing for the Bournemouth game. Is that right? Hey. Oh Christ. That's coming around quick, isn't it? Yeah. That's it. Yeah. We will be. We will be uh, discussing the Bournemouth game. So, uh, oh, and don't forget, send us your emails about Gal. Um, good or bad or indifferent, whatever, just let us know how you feel uh, and we'll read them out again. Yes, uh, over to Franny and Klaus. Up the Saints. Open at Southampton. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Up the Saints. Could be changing now. 
Fucking hell. Because there's some bullshit. Yeah. yeah, nine minutes in, and you think, oh, fuck, you know, the heads are going to go down. But it was a fucking drab match, mate. Just fucking desperate. He takes a proper fucking penalties. Sheffield United can't clear it for shit, but Armstrong's tits bollocks it into the net. I mean... You suck ass. Ah, shit. Fuck ton of points. So, how, how's their home form? It was really fucking good. Oh, fucking hell. Oh, bollocks. Oh, shine. Fuck me, where am I? Fuck up. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.